Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Wrestle, 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 and welcome back to Mindset Monday with Wrestling Mindset, the number one wrestling-specific mindset program anywhere in the world. And today we're going through the Predator Mindset, Chapter 1. We're back. As promised, we're going to go through the book. We took a little hiatus, and we're coming back to Chapter 1 after the intro probably two or three weeks ago. Let's do it. Chapter 1, Mindset Training for Success. To understand how the predator mindset is answered to achieving our goals, we must first examine the role of our mindset plays in our success. What percentage of sports is physical and what percentage is mental? This is an interesting question. Experience has shown me that I can take any sports team of any age and the answer will be anywhere between 50 to 90% mental. It's hard to imagine such a uniform answer among, among athletes of such different sports and ages. My next question is where things really become interesting. What percentage of your time are you training physically versus mentally? Crickets. Most say 95% of their time is spent on physical training. We can instantly see the problem. We must train smarter. It is easy to see how those percentage numbers don't jive. If you're saying sports are at least 50% mental, then it stands to reason we must spend 50% of your time training your mind. Now. Not for one second should you think this downplays the importance of physical training. As a personal trainer and sports nutritionist with a master's degree in exercise science, I know full well that both sport and life goals require a holistic approach. Back in ancient Greece, the catchphrase was spirit, mind, and body. It remains true today. To maximize your chance of success, you want to be the total package. In my teaching, I've avoided using the famous quote, work smarter, not harder. Most athletes use this, use this as a line to slack off, as if this is neither or a proposition. In life, you tend to find the existence of paradox. paradoxes. We often witness less either-ors and more both-ands. To succeed, you will probably do well to train both smarter and harder. You don't have to pick one or the other. Just make sure you're training smarter. Imagine two horses trying to pull a cart in opposite directions. The cart goes nowhere. When our mind and body are not working together, we cannot move freely. This is similar to the flashy sports car that cannot climb to top speed because the driver forgot to release the emergency brake. We often block ourselves. This block usually comes from, the prey, from our own prey mindset. After speaking with enough athletes, I've been able to identify markers of the prey mindset. Some of the most common mental mistakes reported by athletes are hesitating and performing too tentatively, 
choking in big competitions, giving good opponents too much respect, competing better in practice than in competition, and feeling unmotivated or burnt out. These are all mindset red flags, consequences of the prey mindset, and warnings to focus more on your mental training. Now, maybe you're not an athlete. No problem. What percentage of your success would you say is mental? I've done the survey with sales teams, weight loss clients, and many other groups, and I've seen the same response. The mental component is usually said to be far more than half the battle. We must train our brain to achieve our dreams. The average person trying to lose weight has tried several fad diets and often purchased new cool exercise gadgets guaranteed to make you look like a supermodel in three easy payments of $19.95. Why do most people fail to reach their goals? Consider the weight loss mindset red flags we've noted. Emotional eating, attach, attaching self-worth to appearances, difficulty saying no to junk food around friends and family and during the holidays. Notice these are all mental and not physical barriers. Okay, so we know our success depends on our mindset. Most coaches and leaders understand this. So why isn't, why isn't more being done to train this area? End of chapter one. All right, let's, let's take it from the, the top and unpack some of this. Wrestling, 90% mental. And, so they've done studies, and they've done studies on this, actually. Um, I, think, I think the name was Fortescue. This is back in my, my Tudor Obampa book. I don't have it here on me, where they, where they actually broke it down into different, different areas. of they, had, they looked in different sports, and they were doing talent identification as well as performance markers. And they actually broke it down, um, biomotor qualities for success. And they said, you know, they grouped, I think for, for mindset, they were saying like determination, initiative, and concentration. And they said it was 40% of the pie there. And then, and then other things they said were um, endurance, coordination, and, and then the, the biomotor, well, the biomotor qualities was one aspect of it. And that was, um, you know, like your arm length, your height, and these kind of things. So it said it in the book, 40% mental. So, I mean, you know, it's, again, regardless of the number that's being put out, we know it's very mental, and most people intuitively know that when it comes time for the, the competition or the performance, it's pretty much all mental. Like GSP said in one of his interviews, George Rush St. Pierre, he said, you know, he can't be any stronger, better technically prepared than he is right now. Uh, back when he was competing, he says, this is before his fight, he's like, but I can work on my mindset. So people know that, you know, what percentage of mental tends to vary and everything, but the performance day it really matters. And also just your decision overall to play the sports. I mean, that's mental, a decision to show up at practice, a decision to compete. It's mental. It's not physical. It's both mo motivation and peak performance. Remember that other chart that you had? We should post that in here that it had like the bottom of the pie was motivation, which is mindset. And then the top of the pie or the top of the pyramid was was peak performance, both cr crucial mental aspects of performance of sports. Right. So anyway, yeah, the closer you get to competition, the more mental it is, right? We, uh, we quoted Kari Kolat, and we, he's, we said that, you know, that famous video where he says, we all know wrestling is 95% mental, and we quoted him. He was even a little mad. He said that his guy didn't say it. He's like, he's, every coach out there says that wrestling is 95% mental. And it's like, the, again, closer you get to the match, the more mental it becomes. There's no question about it. Like George St. Pierre said, not much you could do. You know, hopefully you're healthy on fight day, on match day. But there's not much you could do mentally. You know, that's going to have a lot to do with how you perform. You know, there's there's no quick fixes the day of the fight physically. You know, if you didn't train, if you didn't learn how to, you know, get out of legs, if you didn't learn how to, um, 
you know, finish your takedown. Not much you could do. Quick fixes don't work, but mentally that's going to have a big, a big, um, big impact on the outcome. Here we go. Wrestling breakdown. This is the right. So this was this was taken from the, this was taken from the Tudor Obampa book on talent identification, and they were talking about now this this comes down to performance. They were saying the performance of the wrestlers come down to sixty percent physical, forty percent mental. Now I made this into a pyramid chart because I wanted to show basically. You know, I was trying to emphasize this here, but the 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 numbers are accurate in terms of what numbers came from the study, and then I I built it into a pyramid. And now, and then, and I, I chose the colors myself. So this is all taken from uh, Kunst and Florescu, 1971. And I, I divided the mindset, mindset, that their categories that they had were determination, initiative, and concentration. So I chose to, I had to make a decision here. What does that look like? So we could have said all of mindset is 40%, right? But what I want to do is I want to show the difference that determination and initiative tend to be more foundation level mindset. So I, I arbitrarily, admittedly, put, put that under foundation mindset. And then flow mindset, flow, who um, the psychologist Chicks and Mihai, uh, he, he talks about, I look at that as concentration. So being under a proper concentration. So that's what, and, I, and that was about be 12% of the pie. So if you see, there's peak performance, flow mindset, as well as foundation level determination and initiative. So, you know, again, they're looking at that as performance breakdowns. Now, interestingly here, this is, like I said, predictors of performance, predictors of performance. The other chart that they had that I didn't, that, that the other part of the study that I did not add here was that what are the predictors of someone wrestling? Like what's the talent? That, that, so the talent identification, how do you choose a wrestler? And it was actually the opposite. The choosing of a wrestler was actually 60% mental. 60%. So if a person had that determination, initiative, and concentration, they're more likely it's a good identification for a wrestler. But when it came time to performance, then it tended to switch. Because it's one of those things, we have a lot of wrestlers who, we were just talking about this before, a lot of wrestlers doing the Mawas now and the coming back and doing these, you know, these, these tournaments. They might have the mindset, but man, they're running out of gas. And it's like they might get into the first scramble in 30 seconds. And I mean, to me, that doesn't look fun at all. And I'm not taking anything away from our great sport, but I think for our sport to be fun, you have to have a certain level of conditioning, in my opinion. Again, I'll always say it if it's my, I will always say it if it's our opinion versus if it's the numbers, right? The numbers don't lie, but they are, yeah. So for them, they're, yeah. They're, they don't have the basic endurance. So they're not able to compete with some of these kids who are way worse than them, you know? Pull that chart up again, because that, now that's from 1971. Now, back then, weren't the matches 3-3-3? This so is So you had a longer match. So, so right off the bat, I would flip power. And, it, you know, again, now we're just we're riffing here a little bit. But I would flip power and endurance oh. here. Right? I would are say. We are we riffing? This is what researchers naturally do all the time. And, you take, and that's why you have to have experts in the field that are looking at it and say, well, how do things shift? As the matches change, 71, they're looking at Olympics. They're looking at Olympics and they're looking at the Gable 333. So right off the bat, I would flip power and endurance. I would say power is 20%, endurance is 15%. And then again, before social media, so that that peak of the pyramid, I would bounce that down a little bit more. And, and we're going to have to cut some percentage out of something else because, man, social media has made it much tougher mentally for these athletes. It's just, there's way more prey mindset out there. I so, would say, a mu yeah, much softer generation. I would, I would, I would increase the flow mindset as well. The 15, 20 I mean, percent. I don't know what I would take away, yeah. but um. And and of course, we should also we should also say here that 
that technique. Um, obviously, you have to know technique. It's like you could apply this. We could apply this right now to the violin. I don't know how to play the violin. I have the mindset, but I don't have the violin knowledge. So if you can't, if you don't know the technique, you're not going to be able to do anything. So we're we're talking about the um the other qualities outside of technique, right? So so yeah, power. And remember, power. What we're really looking at is force production, and force equals mass times accelerate times acceleration. So the mass part would be how you know how much you can lift. Like what, in other words, what's the maximum strength that you have? But the other part of it, and a lot of people forget about this, is acceleration. That's what we're talking about, speed. Mm-hmm. This is where plyometrics, explosive power come in. Um, you know, the, the, the veto type stuff that you're seeing where you got Jordan Burroughs even looking at veto saying, that was fast. That was lightning that, fast. That was lightning Jordan fast. You don't, get, you don't get a better compliment than that the, the, from they, himself. You basically had the three fastest people that pretty much any of us are aware. And, you know, I'm being um, I'm stretching it a little here, but there's some truth to it. It's like you have RBY, who is probably like before that match, everyone would have said is the fastest wrestler in the NCAAs, him or McGee, <laughs> who, who wrestled right before it. So you got RBY. Then you got Vito executing the move. And then you have Jordan Burroughs, who, who seems like he's speed personified. And um, <laughs> and him saying him saying that that was lightning fast. And there you go. That's, that's accel- the point is this, that's acceleration. The time is now to take your mindset to the next level with Wrestling Mindset. Make sure you go to our website, wrestlingmindset.com, and sign up for your free trial session today. Don't wait any longer. You want the mental edge right now. When you sign up for the free trial session, you're also going to get a copy of our free ebook, Building the Predator Mindset. This book has helped thousands of people build confidence, relax under pressure, get motivated, and build mental toughness in wrestling, school, and life. Make sure you sign up for your free trial session today. All right, next piece, going through chapter one, you talked about spirit, mind, and body. A lot of people use that as a catchphrase, but then it's like, all right, sounds good. It's like, well, what are you doing for your spirit? (laughs) What are you doing to improve your faith? What are you doing to improve your mindset? So really, a lot of people say spirit, mind, and body are just training their body. Right. And there's even the letters of St. Paul where it says, may the, may, may, may the um, God who transcends all understandings sanctify you whole and entire in your spirit, soul, and body. So it's, it's you know, spirit, soul, and body, your spirit, mind, and body. A lot of times you look at this, and I see the 3D coaching where they said, where it's like they have spirit, mind, and body. They, have, they, they did a pyramid also. Everyone loves to have the pyramids. It's a cool visual. But they have body on the bottom mind and then spirit at the top. And I remember looking at that and I said, that looks good, but why don't we flip it? Why don't we flip it and put spirit on the bottom? Because mathematically a pyramid is only as high as its base is wide. So the spirit is really, it should be the foundation. Like the man who built his house upon a rock, as opposed to the man who built his house upon sand. So spirit, mind, and body. And and the body is great, but the body is subservient to the mind. And the mind is great, but it's subservient to the spirit. So everything's got to be in its proper order. Right. It's like so when we're, we're you know, the, 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 the training, the legs feed the wolves, like we remember in the movie Miracle. So you, you got to have st- strong legs and a strong core because that's where all the all the power emanates from. Well, the same thing. What's what's your core? What are we built on? We're built on the spiritual. Again, it's not denying it's not denying the body or soul. I talked about this in our in our coaches training the other day where we t- talked about um, the enlightenment, which would actually be called the endarkenment of Descartes, where he talked about, I think, therefore I am the famous cogito ergo sum. And it's like that just that just makes no sense. Descartes, the one who who split the mind and body, and there's a um, kind of technical term for the split of mind and body. You death. know, death. 
right? You can't split the, you can't split the mind and body. So and and philosophers, we just look through the years. It's like they've tried. Some have overemphasized the mind. Some have overemphasized the body. And you're not gonna you're not gonna split it. You got Aristotle. You got Saint Thomas Aquinas who said, yeah, yes, all the way with mind, all the way with body, all the way with spirit. So. That, that's where you're at. It's not just a punchline or a catchphrase. It's 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 your way of life. And sooner or later, we're you know we're all going to get rocked with, you know, bad news and and you know a wrestling career ends. And if all you are is your intelligence, mind, or if all you are is your body, the body decays as the result of the fall. We're um, you're le- you're left with the spirit, and the, you know, the spirit it never lets go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cody, okay, Osborne on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, work smarter, not harder. I feel like when we were in college, that was a catchphrase, right? We got to work smarter, not harder, because you get to a point, everyone, everyone's working pretty hard, right? So you'd start to say, well, let's work smarter, not harder. But we see that now. It's like a big cop-out for people that don't want to work harder. And, you know, it doesn't mean you're not working hard to some extent. But then you go back to our Patrick interview, and he said that the you know traditional definition of hard work is simply not hard enough. It's what you're doing right now, and another hundred percent. And that depends on the person, of course, right? But the the idea is that whatever you're doing right now, you you could do a lot more. So when you think you're working hard, it's like you could work harder. So it's not like oh I'm working hard, so I I just got to work smart now. Yeah, do both, right? It's not an it's not an either or. It's a I need to work harder. And I need to work smarter, both of them, all the time. Right, exactly. There's, there's, there's no split. You, just like you, just like you don't split the mind. <laughs> splitting the, splitting the body and soul is death. Well, the same thing with um, you know, this. You don't, you don't split it. So, and all of us tend to lean more one way. Some, some people, it's, it's, you know, just pure hard work, which is great and everything. But you know, newsflash, it ain't gonna happen. You take a, you take a smarter approach. You take a more efficient and economical approach, and you start actually making some gains. So, you know, the people who tend to err more and just pure brute effort, you got to start thinking about efficiency, right? Um, and then, then people who are looking so much at efficiency and economy of effort, it's like, are you, are you putting out? And you got to put out the, the full effort. That's right. Next topic I had, um, you can't outwork mental training, something that we see all the time where it's like, you know, people do not wrestle well in the postseason. They're going to work so hard this this offseason that the mindset's not going to matter because I'm going to get better because I'm just going to work hard and then I'm going to crush everyone because I'm, you know, that much better than everyone. And the reality is you'll never, you're still, I think you, you said here, you have the emergency brake on, right? You're driving with the emergency brake. So you might have got better. Doesn't mean you didn't go from here to there, but you're still not here where you could be, right? You still have the emergency brake on. You know, the idea is that we want to, get the most out of ourselves wherever we're at. We want to get as close to our potential as possible. Right. Yeah. And the only way you could do that is if you're going back to firing on all cylinders, spirit, mind, and body. But even if you work ridiculously hard, then you'd be even more foolish not to work your mind because now you're a lot better, but you're holding yourself back. Yeah. Back to the Colot theme was um, the first time we met him in person was Maryland coaches convention a few years back. And um, maybe close to 10 years back now at this point, maybe a little less. But nonetheless, we were over there and I spoke to the group. And then one of the coaches, you know, challenged me, took me on in front of the whole group. And um, basically say, I talked about the predator-prey mindset. And he's like, well, I have a guy who we talk about not making the match special as one of the aspects of prey mindset. Treat everything the same. And, and the, guy, the guy in front of everyone said, you know, my athlete was a state champ. 
and he, and he and he came up to me before the match and said, "This is the biggest match of my life." And you know, and, and basically, he he told he told me in front of the whole group. He's like, you know, he did the exact opposite of what you were saying, um, and he, you know, and he and he basically said that, and and you know. He thought he was going to get one over me, but you know, this is my area, man. I, we, I stuck him in the ground, stepped right on his throat. I told him, I said, well, and this is very, very calm, figuratively speaking, I very calm said to him, I said, well, Hey, you know, um, did he wrestle his best that match? Did he wrestle close to his potential? And the coach said, no, actually he underperformed that match. And I, and I said, well, you know, now imagine if he was competing in a state like New Jersey, I didn't say that last. Part. <laughs> I didn't say. I didn't say. I didn't say that last part. But if you know if the real. But the the point was, what if he? I did say to him, well, what if he wrestled someone better? Like even there's always the point is this. There's always someone better. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Iowa, Oklahoma, Russia, Iran. There's always someone better, right? Or someone who's wrestling closer to their potential, right? And he's like, yeah, he he did underperform that match. So that'll be that'll be a lesson to you coaches out there who think you know a little bit better. This is what we do. This is our area of expertise, you know, listen a little bit more than you speak. And, but it was good. It was good, healthy, like going, going back and back and forth because that helped illustrate the point. And that coach learned something that day. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean you can't have somebody who builds it up and performs well, right? There are certain minority. people. The minority. Yeah. You can't teach a whole team that like, like you can't teach a whole team or program that way. We'll get your butts kicked. We'll get, we'll get our heads kicked in. The, very few people, very few people can do that. There are certain people, we all know there's certain people who put more pressure on themselves and they do better. And that's great for them. We'd say, keep going. That's predator mindset for you. If that's been working for you and you've had historical success with that, don't try to do it on the, don't try to figure it out on the fly. If that works for you, if that's worked for you historically, keep doing it. That's pre, that's predator mindset. In fact, if you switch, this is going to sound funny, but if you switch just because we're saying you should switch and you've had, had historical success with this that could be prey mindset because you're shifting because of us so again it's not like we're saying we know we we know everything here uh we're, we're not in complete control of reality what we say is there's there's um there's principles there's principles and, and as long as you have those principles in place you can all do your own thing we want to help you be able to do what works for you yeah, but i'd at least give this one a shot if you're if you're putting it down the pedestal you know maybe you're still doing well in spite of that not because of that so I would try not putting it on the pedestal, and you probably will perform better for most people most of the time. Um, all right, last topic. Uh, we finished kind of this chapter with it. It's not just about wrestling, right? We talked about weight loss mindset. Probably a good one to touch on. I'm sure a lot of the, the coaches, parents looking at this, us, everyone's thinking about that, right? Once you get to a certain age, um, you're, you're thinking about weight loss. You're thinking about staying ripped, keeping your six-pack, staying in good shape. Um, how does a predator-prey mindset relate to that? Yeah, and I brought this in because I realized there's a lot of non-wrestlers reading the book and pretty much, you know, pretty much no one's satisfied with their body. I don't mean like having like an eating disorder or anything, not to say that people don't get to that area, but, you know, we all would like to be, you know, at, uh, you know, we'd like to be in better shape, right? So that's a, kind of something that anyone could relate to of um, wanting to look better, wanting to feel better, that kind of thing. So it's it's the same thing. If we're comparing ourselves to other people, it's going to be worse if we're focusing on a weak control, all the better. There's a ton of exercise equipment out there. There's a ton of um, different workout plans and rep schemes and all this stuff. Um, the reality is the number one factor of being, of being successful with strength training is consistency. Other things matter. What you're doing does matter. It's not just about consistency. That's what we said, training smarter, not just harder. But the number one factor is consistency. Well, Same. wasn't it? 
so the nutritional hierarchy wasn't number one. It was consistency. It was, it was adherence, right? So when it comes to when it comes to weight loss, right? It's the first step is mental. You, know, you could you could do almost any diet out there, any diet nutrition plan. That's not you know no one's saying that that's difficult to find. That's it's easy to find a good nutrition plan. It's hard to follow it. That's adherence. That's consistency, and that falls on their mindset. So it's like to proceed the good nutrition plan, you need to have the right mindset, and that's why people fall short. And then you go back to most of them do nothing to improve their mindset. Right. So I get get yourself consistent before you start before you start focusing on some of these other factors, right? Like counting change. And I was I was listening to a, a clip for you know weightlifting now because you know being on the and you know, now being done with the wrestling career, being on the bodybuilding program. And and Mike Menser was talking about this. He does like very few. He does like a highly economical training system the, the way he used to do it when he was two time Mr. Olympia with the perfect score of three hundred. And and people and then he started personal training people. And then they were saying like, you're doing so few exercises and everything. We need to do. It. You're not changing it up enough. He's like, let's let's get let's get you twenty inch arms first. Like once you get twenty inch arms, then let's work on the detail of your bicep and getting the nice separation in the heart shape. Get the twenty inch arms first. Which comes in, you know. So it's in other words, not putting the cart before the horse. Um, you know, the the it was a Plato who said I the quote here. I literally just read it. Not a philosophy today. Always, the beginning. The beginning is the most important part of the work. Right. So, I mean, you know, you could you could, you could actually say the opposite. You could say the end because you're the ends, but that's that's different. Now we're dealing with tele, um, teleology. So. Making sure the beginning, it's very important. Get it done and get it consistent, and then let's start fine-tuning. But you do have to get to that fine-tuning part because what you do matters. The efficiency and the economy of effort is going to matter. You only have so much time in a day. So do both. That's all we got. So make sure you join us again next week. We're going to have Chapter 3 coming out. We've got, we're going to be doing more interviews. Chapter and 2 next. Chapter two next, which I looked, it's a pretty long chapter. We're going to break it up. Yeah, we'll, we'll break it up. Also, a great thing that we have, and I've done this with Dr. Michael Yassis, who wrote The Secrets of Soviet Sports Training. And we're going to go, we're going through, we have this series. We're going to just post it up on YouTube. You can look at it anytime. It's all going to be free. But we all know that the 10 basic of the 10 basic skills of wrestling, including, you know, penetration step, stance in motion, uh, back step, uh, switch, things like that, hip heist. We're going through each one of those positions and we're talking about exactly how to improve at those joint angles. So when we talk about strength training, it's not just about, oh, hey, lift, lift weights. It's making sure you're getting strong. Everything you do has to transfer training. That's the only question you should ask. It's like if bench, I'm, not, I'm, I'm using as an example, hypothetically, let's say hypothetically bench press doesn't transfer to wrestling, throw it out because you're trying to win wrestling matches. And then, like I said, once you turn, once your wrestling career is over, then you go on the bodybuilding plan. I mean, we said this to, to Ray Jazz years ago, and now look at him now. It's jacked. So, right. so he, he said, now I'm on the bodybuilding yeah. plan. After he was already an All-American and being the all-time winningest wrestler at, at NYU and, and one of our top mindset coaches. So um, it was a point with that. I mean, get, I, guess, I guess basically that we got to transfer our training to what we're doing. So we did that series, Dr. Michael Yassis. We have stance and motion down. He has 10 exercises that, that will transfer from training to the wrestling match, working the joint angles that you're actually going to be in in a stance in motion. So but you got sure. to have the active cords. So get, get the active cords. They're like 150. It's worth a grab. And we're going to have it on our website. I mean, the, you know, your, the reality is you're probably spending your money on worse things. There's worse things you could be getting here. 
And like we we always say, you got to be getting this kind of stuff if you're trying to be if you're trying to be successful. But this can help train you in the joint angle that you're at. So make sure you get the active cords, um, make the purchase, and then we're going to go through each one of the different basic movements of wrestling, so you know your your training is going to transfer. And a great a great book done um, that that talks about this is by Anatoly Bondarchuk, which is translated from Russian by Dr. Yasa. So he knows all about the transfer of training. This is what they did at the Soviet Union. And this is why they were able to produce some of the best, best athletes with far less talent than we have, because they were actually building athletes. So make sure you do that. We'll, we'll have the links that, that it'll be all up in our, if you scroll through our, our videos on wrestling. wrestling mindset, YouTube page, they're right there. Make sure you also like the videos, subscribe, hit the bell. And if you disagree with something, write, write back to us because, hey, it bumps up the number of people who are going to see it. So whether you like it, whether you don't like it, let us know about it. And we remind you, as always, whether it's wrestling, school or life, mindset makes the difference. Have a great week.